Hi, this is Dave Olson. I'm the senior leader of Heartland Church located in Ankeny, Iowa. I hope the following message challenges, encourages, and ultimately changes you. Thanks for joining us. I'm going to jump right in today and strap, strap on your uh, seatbelt, if you will. Uh, I'm going to try to move really quick because I feel like there's a lot of things that the Lord has for us today. And I'm going to endeavor to do my absolute best to just share uh, what I believe he's uh, giving or saying in the moment. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that the, the people that this morning that had been um, given leadership responsibilities in other areas that they're sensitive to the Holy Spirit because what God has been doing has been cultivating ground right now. And I hope you find yourself with your heart open and prepared to receive the word of the Lord today. May you hear him clearly and may he give you the courage to go with what he shows you. And so this morning I have titled my message On Purpose. Partnering with heaven in a proactive way to bring its purposes to a reactive world. Let's pray. Father, I'm asking right now, Lord, thank you for the environment and the atmosphere in which we are in. I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you would bring a great strength to our hearts today. That what you have done in the heavens, God, long before time began and your intentions in this moment and the earth that we live in, God, you are not confused about what your answers are to today's problems. And the remedies, the solutions, the problem solving that you have in your heart will come through your people. May we hear today what you're asking of us. May we go with you today, God, and in the days to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, uh, seven years ago, about this time, I have never spoke about this publicly. I'm not going to be able to go in details about it. And on the front end, I want to tell you, this is going to sound on the front end like I'm talking a lot about myself and my family. The purpose of that is for you to know that everything I'm sharing on today is not me trying to take concepts, ideas, or you know, armchair quarterback and be like, you, 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 and not me. I, to the degree that, that we have and whatever the Lord has in the future, we are living this. We are with you. And so I'm going to share a little bit about that. Seven years ago, um, the Lord led me to uh, go visit one of my relatives out in California and he is a wonderful man of God, uh, just, a, just a wonderful man of God. He's my uncle, one of my uncles. My dad was one of 14 kids, and so that was known as a big family then. Uh, my wife and I, Emily and I, we have five children, and people look at me wide-eyed when I divulge that information. So I guess we're a big family in today's world. So, um, But anyway, the Lord led me uh, to go visit him, and so I did that, and um, there was a thing that happened uh, in his home, and I was, uh, it was totally the Lord, and I'll, I'll just share with you that when this happened, I didn't want it to be God. And what I mean by that is, uh, as it would be, I would end up having several encounters, uh, both 
um, what I would describe with some heaven, heavenly activity uh, that is not of this earth, and with uh, physical human beings that the summation of that thing was my mind could not comprehend in the moment what, what God was trying to say to me. And not only that, I responded in literal fear. And you'd be like, well, wait a minute, how, how does that work? The subject of the matter was regarding uh, the world that we lived in at that time. Uh, specifically, uh, there was a gentleman that told me about some things that was in existence in the world, as he said, regarding things that we now read about, know about, that have become normalized to us in today's world. At that time, I just couldn't even get my mind around it to the point, now this is interesting, to the point that that gentleman, uh, my, my uncle's friend, who I had no idea was coming to stay with him when I was staying with him, I literally finished the conversation. Yes, I was a grown adult, had two children at the time. I locked my door to my uncle's guest room because I was so scared or freaked out about what this gentleman had, had told me regarding some things that are, uh, again, of, of nature uh, around governments and structure like that. And I just need to leave it there. But it was very, very uh, disorienting. I literally locked the door to his bedroom, as silly as that sounds. And I called my wife and told her, uh, I want to come home. I'm freaked out. I don't know what to do. And, and literally after I got off the phone with her, the Holy Spirit said, I want you to worship me right now. And so I just started to sing whatever came in my heart. And literally the fear that I felt was displaced and a great peace came over me. I mean... I don't know how to explain, stark difference, okay. And this is what the Lord told me in that moment. In order for you to know how to be effective for me in the future, you must first have to be willing for me to really let, you, let me show you what is going on. Otherwise, you will not know how to bring what I want to have happen into the earth through you. And I was like, okay, you know, that's, that feels good. I, th I think that's scriptural. But I was still, it was, it was a weird experience. So I came home and was like, okay, I'm going to go talk to some people that I really trust that are more mature and spiritual than me. And so I set up a couple meetings and went to them and I shared a little bit more of the information that I can, that I could share here publicly today. And I'm not, again, don't hear this as like, I got the market cornered on some secretive thing. I'm saying like God interjected this moment into my life. I didn't pray about it. I didn't say, God, make me a, a heavenly spy. And just, you know, I didn't have, I, I was just doing my thing, man. He told me to go visit my uncle. That's what I did. Okay, so here's why I'm saying that. So I set up a couple meetings with some spiritual people in my life that I, when I say spiritual, I mean I trust them. I trust that they hear the Lord. I trust who they are in God. And I, and I, and I share more detailed information. I'm thinking surely they're gonna be like, yeah, that sounds pretty whack, John. I think that that's something that you should probably just brush aside, you know, and just, if it's God, you know, uh, that's not what happened. 
Every single one of those people looked at me and said, that, that, is, that is crazy. You know, spiritually speaking, they probably were a little bit more eloquent than that. But they, they said, I believe that is the Lord trying to talk to you. And I had a choice to make. And that choice has affected the way my family and I, seven years later, on a granular level, how we do life, how we try to show up, how we try to engage. And I'm not saying it to float my boat. I'm saying like when God presented, I was like, no way, man. Really? Okay, no. But it was him. And um, so it's an important thing to note because that, that thought pattern has been prevalent in my mind all these years later. Are you willing to let me show you what you need to see so you can know what you need to do? And I want to encourage you to have the courage to go on that journey. Okay, one other little story about us just to make it about me. Uh, July 2019, uh, so two years ago, uh, I felt a prompting of the Lord and, and just the structure of our family. We homeschool our kids. My wife's largely a stay-at-home mom. We have a couple little side business things. But I felt a shift in uh, what I understood to be uh, God, God wanting to shift some things in, in his provision for us, how we take care of our family. And you're like, well, don't you work at the church? I do work at the church, but we have some other things too, as I mentioned. So that was my reference point. So I just began to say, okay, God, uh, what, what does that mean? What are you doing uh, by, by what opportunities? You know, I'm starting to go into other business ideas because I'm a business guy. I'm trying to start to think of some other multi-level marketing schemes that I can mix with ministry and confuse you guys and make it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally joking. And, uh, but little did I know what the Lord meant. I understood him to say, or I understood in my spirit, I thought he was saying, I have new provision for you. But, but as he would take us on this journey, what he was saying is, is I want to make you more pro my vision. Now, taking care of my family financially and all that entails is really great. We have a responsibility to do that. But as it would be, that is not what he meant. I, I am stirring your guys' heart to make you more pro my vision. Okay, very important. Shortly after that, uh, in, the, uh, in 2018, let's see, it was early 2019, okay. In 2018, my father-in-law got diagnosed with a very rare form of, of cancer, and uh, 10 months later, we lost him. And that was, at the, that was at the beginning, early on in 2019, okay? So track with me here. So a few months go by, July 2019, start having the conversation with the Lord about provision. He said, I'm making you more pro my vision. And then my wife, shortly after I start praying that prayer, my wife, Emily, I remember coming home one day and she is, you just have to understand what I'm saying. Like those of you that know me, you'll, you'll know that I've said this a lot uh, for many, many years. I, my wife is one of the most pure hearted people that I've ever met. 
I just happen to be married to her. I, I tease her, I'll say, I've only seen you legitimately get angry at two people, a girl you went to youth church with and our insurance guy. Whenever our insurance guy calls, she's like, why is he calling my phone? I'm like, who are you? I've never seen you like this. He just wants to make sure that our umbrella policy is up to snuff. Chill out, babe. Me, not so much. And so, um, so my wife is a, just a very pure-hearted person, just really, really has a wonderful root system in the Lord and identity. She's one of my heroes in that regard. But I remember coming home and, and I remember walking into the bedroom and uh, she began to tell me that the Lord had been talking to her about confronting that she said that she said it this way. I understood her to say it this way. And I told her, I said, so I feel like I want to share this. I just hope to do a good job with what you meant. So I'm going to do my best to represent that. But I remember her saying, uh, I found myself, I, I didn't, basically she, the Lord revealed to her that coming out of that season with her dad and all that we went through and just where we were in life, she found herself oper operating from a place where she was saying, God, I just want things to be comfortable. I just want it to be a little easy. And uh, I know my wife uh, well enough to know, listen, I am not advocating up here. I'm not, I'm not building out a theological viewpoint today that's, that highly spiritual means a negative, uh, you always gotta be going through a battle you got to just sign up for suffering. That's not what I'm advocating for, okay? Just to be clear. But um, she told me this. She said, the Lord told me that she equated him pushing on that and going after that basically because if you want to matter for eternity, that's not going to be an option for you. And then she said, and specifically for the next generation. That's what the Lord was pushing on for her. And, I, and that was for us. And so that's been part of this process that we're on here. He was after and has been after everything in us that would prevent us from living with eternity in mind now. And he continues to be. So in this moment in human history, I would propose today, we will not be able to fulfill God's purposes for our life if we have any sympathies with the temporal. We must allow the Lord to visit us in any way or area he chooses to so that we live from a foundational heart posture of eternity in our foresight. That we would see with the lenses of eternity and to the degree that I've been on that journey, I do know that affects everything. I cannot reconcile showing up with sinful patterns in my life, displays of the flesh. With, I can't reconcile that if I have eternity in mind, if I'm looking through the lenses of eternity. It's impossible. The Lord is bringing order because his glory is coming. Yeah. 
What does it mean to be proactive? The word pro means pre-positioned. Active means movement towards or action. God wants to highlight to us today, get us in a mindset where we don't find ourselves reacting to the enemy, to the world around us. He wants you to be in a place where you are pre-positioned to take his action. Now, I'm gonna tell you something. Boys and girls, we gotta put our big boy pants on and big girl pants on. I, listen, over this last number of year, uh, years that I'm talking about here, I'm not up here telling you I've got it figured out. This, this has been the most challenging couple of years of my life personally. But I have felt so well loved by God. When Jean was talking about a good father, I just sat there and I just, I just, not by what the words that was coming out of his mouth, but by the spirit you could feel you could sense that it was an exchange in the spirit realm as he declared that, as he said, God is good. There must be something that follows that in my life, in your life. It must look like something. It must. And so turn with me, if you will, Colossians 3. Let's go there quick. You guys are doing great. Chapter three, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read a portion of scripture here, verse one through four. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. How is he revealed in this passage? Through you, through me. This is talking about active, proactive participation. What does reactive look like? You're gonna notice a theme here. What does reactive look like? Uh, Let's keep reading. I got, I got a million handwritten notes here. You're like, you're very young. You should use more technology. Phone only for time, right? I wrote on paper and I got a real Bible up here. Does that give me more credibility? Come on, raise your hand if you're like, yeah, all right, yeah, okay. All right, jump into verse five here, okay? What does reactive mean? And before we read that, let's do this. Re means resistance, or a resistant action, a negative force, or applied to what we're talking about today, you're operating from a place in your mindset, in your heart, the way you're showing up behind enemy lines. You know, sometimes it's tough to get out of the gate, so to speak, when the core place we're operating from is behind the enemy's lines. Colossians 3, 5 through 9. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. 
Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world. But now it's the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. That is an ongoing process. What he's talking about there, it's every day that we are looking and saying, I'm not going to be the old person. I'm not going to fall into temptation because I have fixed my eyes. I have, as we, as we, as we read first notice, we're talking about the yucky stuff now, but why did we read first? You've been raised to new life with Christ. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. Come on. Come on, where are you operating from? Are you proactive with the truth of God's word as a weapon? That's been mentioned many times here this morning. What are, you, what are we doing with, with God's word? How are we using it to live for him? Because here's the deal. The enemy's like, can we agree that it feels like part of the strategy of the enemy right now is to disunify and isolate and fragment to get you alone, to make you think that you're in a situation that nobody else has been. And I don't know if God's gonna pull you through. That's the voice of the enemy. Well, that is not what we're called to. And that is not where we're warring from. And when we fix our eyes on the realities of heaven, then living a life without sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Listen, I know what it is to be tempted by all of those things because I'm a human being. And if you're like, well, John, that sounds super bad. Jesus said, because I was tempted in all things, I'm able to give you a way out when you are, be able to be, when you are being tempted as well. Come on, we're gonna expose some darkness thinking up in here today. Let the light of the light of the word Shine in your heart today. May your spiritual eyes, the understanding of your spirit, man, be awakened in this moment. Before God's going to build something new in us, he's going to have to tear some stuff down. But listen, it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's hard to look at a people today and go, you know what? That's cute that we met at church today. Listen, I'm going to declare something, okay? I'm going to leverage I'm gonna leverage something right now that I have for many years have known about this place, but that's not my words, it's our senior leaders. This house is a house of war. And if you wanna be a part of this house, you're called to be a warrior for the kingdom of God. And I'm talking about your God-given potential. I'm not saying pull your bootstraps up, bootstraps up, man, and fake it till you make it. I'm saying there's an anointing and a calling where God has said, you will matter in the earth for my purposes. And if this is your house, if you've made that decision, then you don't have an option. And I love you. You need to understand something. I have this phrase, let me take my pastor hat off for a minute. One of, the, one of the most interesting things I've had to learn to navigate is becoming a pastor. Because I can feel people interact with me in an unhealthy way. Now, 
I appreciate the honor. I'm not saying that that's not there, okay? But let me highlight something for a second. Don't make the assumption that I got all my stuff together because I'm a pastor. I'm in process here. So when I say we're called to war, I'm with you in that. I'm not saying I got it figured out, okay? Very important. But if you're here, you're called to war and it ain't an option. That should be exciting. If not, see me later. Um, okay. So God, God has a way that he's wanting us to see right now. He's trying to focus our vision by looking heavenward. In 2013, I'm doing really good with dates today. In 2013, my wife and I made a trip to the Grand Canyon. And I don't remember what part we went to. I wish I did because I think it, those of you who've been there would make more sense. But on the day we were there, it was, a, it was a crystal clear day. And the part that we went to, we did one of the pink Jeep tours, which unless you are doing that for tours, I wouldn't recommend getting a pink Jeep. I think the resale value would probably not be. Uh, anyway, all right. Um, but as it would be where we went that day, this is really cool. They took us to overlook the Grand Canyon. And I remember looking out and I was like, Am I seeing something like way off in the distance? It it looks like a silhouette of something, but I can't tell. It's so far. I wasn't used to being able to be on flat ground and see that far. And what the tour guide told me was interesting. They said, your eyes, basically I understood them to mean if there's enough light, right? And you're at enough, the thing that you're looking at's at enough elevation there's not really a limit to how far your eyes can see. I was like, really? Wow, that's crazy. Now I'm talking about if, you, if your eyes are, you know, you don't have glasses or, you know, all that stuff. Okay. And you're like, you have glasses. Nope, they're just blue light glasses. I have light sensitivity type of, no, I just like glasses. Anyway, um, but what it was, was we were in Arizona and that was a mountain in Utah That was over a hundred miles away. And I could see it. Here's what the Lord's trying to tell us. I want to give you a vision. You're going to have to look heavenward. Because what I'm trying to show you is so high above the authorities of this world. Come on, if you... If you're like, man, I can't, I can barely see in front of me in faith today. I'm dealing with fear. Come on. God wants to give us faith by looking heavenward so that what's in front of us that's fear, fear seems close right now. You know what I'm saying? Opportunity to move in the fear. And I'm not trying to glorify the enemy. I'm just saying, take your pick, man. You know? God wants us to have some perspective. You got to look up. You got to look high enough. What is God doing? What's he saying to you? Come up higher. Come up higher. Okay, stay with me now. I want to propose to you that one of the things that God is doing right now is he, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to use this word. I'm just like, God, this doesn't, this doesn't feel right. So I'm going to switch it. He has initiated the opportunity to live a lifestyle, a radical lifestyle of repentance. And when I was processing through that, I knew the Lord, I knew it'd be like, oh no, here we go again. 
Because there's a couple things going on where church, if we don't look things in the face, we're going to be irrelevant. You're going to come here or pick somewhere else to go and it ain't going to matter for eternity. But it will be open. The doors will be open. You're like, dude, that's harsh. Okay, let me hit pause. Ask the Lord about it. See what he tells you. Don't take my word for it. But if we will understand the times in which we live. This is sons of Issachar time. God is saying a lifestyle of repentance. Let's talk about repentance because everybody defines that word differently. And that's why everybody's like, I don't know whether to get excited about this because I don't know if I'm willing to give what God would be requiring or I don't know what you mean. So let's talk about that. Items for consideration, if you will. Maybe that will help you. Both of these gentlemen talked about weapons today. I believe the Lord told me that a lifestyle of repentance is a weapon of the kingdom. How about this? Repentance and reconsideration as a lifestyle being synonymous words. What do I mean by that? A change of self, heart and mind that abandons former dispositions and results in a new self New behavior and regret or repentance over former behavior and dispositions. If you defaulted to your current sin pattern that's hidden before everybody today, then rather you get offended, get right with God today. You won't be able to to live this lifestyle if there's this thing. Because see, I can feel this in the room right now. The enemy is trafficking in terrible, lazy theology. And so we'll take a thing of like repentance and listen, you're like, John, that seems so harsh. You seem so spiritual. Let me share something with you today before, you all, before all of you publicly. And there are people that's close to me that know this privately and certainly my wife does. When I was in Bible college, I had a pornography addiction. I got found out in Bible school. So I know what it is to struggle. I know what it is to be bound. That, that's supposed to not be a thing, right? I hope you hear what's going on right now. Because see, there's, as Roger alluded to, there's some default non-starters that the enemy has his claws in us. And you're trying to study your way out of it. It's not going to happen. You're believing. You're believing that there's something that you can do on your own to just get likable enough and then God will accept you. I know what it is. I've been there. I know, I know what it is to try in my own strength to hope to please God on my own. He's like, you're missing it. You're missing it. I take you like you are right now. What I'm after is, is do you have the want to? Are you willing to side with me against yourself? 
And today, if you are thinking short on the short side of things, and here's what the problem is going to be. If you can't think with an eternal mindset, you may not find the courage to partner with God to let him do in you what he needs to. But if you can begin to say, God, give me a vision for eternity. Surely my life matters more than this thing. Surely you didn't create me to be here and struggling with this thing and just beholden to this pattern of sin. See, the enemy's got a narrative going. Some of you are so deep in it right now, he's got you convinced that this is the summation of your life. And you, that cannot be. God would not have put breath in your lungs to be bound to something for your existence here. Please hear me today. Spirit of God, visit those that are literally maybe trembling in their seat right now because they're so afraid of getting found out, that lie that you're gonna get found out. Listen, you are loved here. Men, if your addiction to pornography is killing your role as a priest in your family, it's high time that you know, please get help. Come band arms together. We cannot do this stuff for much longer. We cannot play games for much longer. I wish my wife was here today. I, 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 it, it, she's not for other reasons. It was, it was, it's all by design. Okay, she didn't do anything wrong. At all. I wish, I wish I had adequate time to tell you like, what is the fire that God has been using to forge character in my life? And it isn't up here. Are you kidding me? It's not up here. It's in my house. When dad loses his cool with his kids, God's like, hey, you think that's okay? Boom, mirror, tell me how to reconcile that. You want to carry my presence? You want to mean something in the earth? You think you got answers to society's problems? Go love your family well. Carry peace, joy, and the Holy Spirit. And some of you in here, you're like, what is this dude talking about? All I can tell you is this. I have been so challenged in the last two years of my life. In the day in and day out, there's so much stuff that needs refining. <laughs> but, but God is looking for integrity over influence. <laughs> this world is, one of the reasons why it's broken is because, did you know your enemies? If, you, if, if they're your enemy, how many biblical stories are there where God sets his man or woman into a really bad situation? The evil people know that they're holy. They know they're right. They acknowledge it. They like them. And they're still persist persistent in their evil ways. Why am I saying that? Because if you think that God is trying to forge character in you so, so we can just be known and people go, wow, that's, that's really great. You're really awesome. It's not gonna happen. But if he's asking you to surrender, you and I to surrender and get a vision for eternity, then we have our vision set on something higher than the moment. And even if my life 
even if I have to give my life and I don't see the results, God doesn't factor that into the equation. We do. There's too many times where we are saying, I feel called to do this. I feel called to do that. And that all can be true. But if you've got a large portion of the factor, or, you know, considering that whole thing, and it's ultimately what ends up happening for you, you might want to reconsider that. I don't, I don't know that that's effective thought pattern. We are called to obey. We are called to be faithful. Intimacy is our reward. When we do this right, fruit, the things that are eternal, the glory of God, that is guaranteed. You, you gotta hear what I'm saying right now because the enemy will use, you know, the enemy's, <laughs> he knows the word pretty well. He just doesn't believe it. So he'll use it against you. And he'll, he'll, make you, he'll make you so zealous to quote unquote follow the word. But sometimes you have to go, whoa, am I? If, you're, if there's any sympathies with us trying to build our own thing, no matter how spiritual it is, it ain't gonna work. It's just not. Because the level of sacrifice and suffering and courage that God's calling us to, if we don't understand what he means by that, I don't have any expectation that I'm going to be able to engage in that. Notice I didn't say you, I said me. What do I mean by that? Perseverance. Perseverance, I love the definition of perseverance. Love that keeps on obeying. What has God asked you to do? What is he asking you and your family to do? Okay, if you hear urgency in my heart today, it is not because I am worried about where we are. It is more because God is like, I want to speak clearly now. And if we find in ourselves being like, we need, to, we need to really contend for a breakthrough. Let me help you with that. God is like, breakthrough's here. I wanna talk to you about it. And whatever I say to you, do it. That's breakthrough. The question is, am I willing to hear him? And do I have the courage to go with him in that? I... I have not heard, I've, when I said I felt so loved by God, you have to, let me, let me capture that for you. It's primarily been, here's some things I'd really like to refine in you, John. But he's so good, he's such a good father. I have never felt so well loved by God on top of being refined, reproved, corrected. Almost sounds biblical. Let's jump over to Ephesians. Real quick here. So back to repentance real quick. Repentance is the ongoing process of engaging proactively to allow the Holy Spirit to refine us. Within that framework then, God wants to restore accountability to the ecclesia. And you're like, oh no, don't use that word with repentance. Please don't do that. Because you know what? 
I don't, I'm not convinced that, I'm not convinced that we're doing a bang up job of, of giving, living a life of accountability. And, and I think it's because people, there's, they, you have that predefined. And so if you mean uh, like starting a relationship where every conversation you have with somebody is what you didn't do right, then I agree with you. That ain't great. That's just a race to the bottom. But if it is defined by giving an account for your ability, now that's something to lay hold of. And if repentance is the ongoing process of you, of us submitting our hearts and minds to God and anything that he wants to change, anything he wants to reconsider, uh, wants us to reconsider and we're willing to go with him in that, that's something to go after. The enemy sounds like this. Repentance and accountability in the enemy's economy, if you believe it, it's pass or fail. Did you do the right thing? You didn't. You suck. And that tends to be a lot of people's theology and why we don't want to talk about it because we don't understand it. God wants to help us do better, okay? He really, really does. He really does. Turn with me to Ephesians 4, 17 and 24. I'm going to pick up pace significantly. Live with the Lord's authority. I say this, live no longer as Gentiles do for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against them. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. We need to live a lifestyle of repentance. We need to have the courage. Jump down to verse 25 for me. Stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. For we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. See, that's implying that there's a response that we're to have. But we first have to do right living. Before we can do right saying. I would make the argument that I was picking on the ecclesia. I hate doing that. I, I really do. I would just say room for improvement for all of us in the world. Again, whether they respond or not, trust and rapport. How do you get trust and rapport? Not if they tell you they trust you. Integrity, doing the right thing before the Lord. What do you get in return? You're like, John, I'm not hearing a lot of return here. Well, that might be something to reconsider, but I will give you something to think about. I'm telling you, anybody that will have the courage to go with this, plan on the Lord overwhelming you with his intimacy. Plan on knowing a good father more than you ever have before. Plan on you having the fruit of the spirit operational in your life as you faithfully walk out the things that he's asking you to do. The question is, are you up for it? You wanna live on purpose. I believe that we can this morning. <laughs> oh. God is calling us to be proactive to show up as a person of refuge in this hour in these troubling times listen we, we may the Lord give us understanding may, may the grace of God come on us today and I mean that sincerely 
to be willing to understand the times in which we live and know how to navigate that season well. The, Lord, the enemy is, he is trafficking and fractioning out thought patterns, theology, parts of our lives. God is about the whole thing. He works it all together. He doesn't separate anything out. The enemy tries to do that. And if we're believing it, then it can cause problems. Let me give you just a simple example. Because we're called to be a house that's governmental authority here as well. Okay. So it doesn't, politics is important, okay? We're not getting into any issues today. A number of years ago, the Lord revealed something to me and I can't go into it to detail, but I got to it by reading a book by two very prominent politicians at the time. One was the president of the United States and one was his main rival in the Senate. I read their books back to back. Both of them communicated some of the same barriers or challenges in Washington, D.C. from totally different ideals. Why is that? Because the enemy is concerned only about a political spirit, not what your flavor of politics is. You need to hear what I'm saying right now. Why? A political spirit is only concerned about winning. And winning at all costs will not give us the ability to walk in any form of unity. Pray about it. See what the Holy Spirit tells you. But let me give you something here. If you want to bring some influence to the table... Not just in that realm, but in all areas right now. Because see, there's this pressure for you to just believe all your stuff in your home and then get busy with whatever and never bring any influence to the table. I just read you a passion, uh, passage in Ephesians that says, talk to your neighbors. Go, go study that out. You, we don't get to be silent. We don't. And you wanna know why? Because we have the hope of glory on the inside of us. We have the answer. You guys think I'm over here just being like, hey, just go talk at people and convince them against their will. No, they'll be of the same opinion still. I'm talking about being led by the spirit of God, but having insight and wisdom to bring understanding for the times in which we live. And your job is to deliver as a messenger. But I think what, what, what the enemy tempts us with is he says, you also need to take responsibility for their response. No, you don't. That's a form of control and that'll lead you to a very dark place because I've been there. I'm just telling you. And it will also get your voice to go silent and you'll say things like this. I don't know if we're ever gonna be what we were before. There is a fatalistic theology that's entering the church. I've heard it with my own ears. I didn't say faith. I said fatalist, fatalism. We better be really careful. Living a lifestyle of repentance, promise you this, God will help us with that. If you're dealing with fear, if you're like, man, I don't know. Listen, I am, I am not talking about political talking points. I'm talking about the higher things of heaven. It is for freedom that I set you free. You were born to be free to pursue a relationship with God. Nothing inhibiting that. We're talking about things that are so much higher than the hot talking points of today that are causing things to be divisive. But if you want to bring something powerful to the table, you must seek wisdom and understanding. Living a lifestyle of repentance through humility, that will create intimacy and authority with God. Coinciding with that, do your due diligence to know the word of God. Understand what you need to understand so you can bring a compelling subset of information in your sphere of influence for people to consider what you're saying under the unction of the Holy Spirit. Let me lay something out to you right now. Here's the negative cycle in our culture. 
that's leading to disunity. The negative cycle happens like this. Number one, disunity. Because of disagreement, disunity is happening because of disagreement. Disagreement is happening because of misunderstanding. Misunderstanding is happening because of a lack of understanding. In other words, knowing what you need to know. When we don't understand or we're unwilling to try to understand what somebody's saying to us, even if we don't agree with it, if you don't know how to eloquently share from a powerful place, again, by the power of the Spirit, not talking points, then plan on not being open to hear what that person that is saying something to you, even if they're saying something that you totally disagree with. It don't matter what it is. You just won't have the capacity. You'll check out. You'll be like, all I know is they're my enemy. Come on. And check this out. So if you don't know what you need to know, my people perish for a lack of not knowing. And the culture that that produces is distrust and fear. I ask you today, what is prevalent in society to fall into if we're not careful? Those two things I need to finish. You guys have been champions today and I appreciate it. Let me throw some key words out for you and if you can write them down, I would just ask that you would ask the Holy Spirit to talk to you about these items because the biggest thing would be that whatever he would say to you, that it would be meaningful to you in your life and your family. That's my heart for you today. Perseverance, love that keeps on obeying, perseverance, courage, suffering, And I'm talking about the suffering of you know that you are doing the will of God, but you are paying a price for it. That's Psalm 69. Go study it out. David was king, by the way, when he wrote that. Our comfort can be a massive deterrent to God's power being released within our metron of influence. We don't want to succumb to that. Another word for you, wisdom. And finally, the deployment of these things of a surrendered life, a vision as a servant. Mark 10, 45, I did not come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. It was Jesus's secret sauce strategy. It's how he cracked the code of bringing heaven to earth. And he did it all as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. He's our model. He's our encouragement. He's the bar that's set in front of us and he's inviting us to partner with him. Would you close your eyes for me for just a minute? Today, I wanna do something different. I wanna declare a prophetic word over every one of us. You don't have to receive it. That's okay. And I mean that sincerely. We can do another teaching on that. If, if you don't wanna receive it, you have the responsibility of taking the word, asking the Lord about it. And if it's not right for you, then cast it off. That is your responsibility. And I want you to do that. But if you find yourself agreeing with it, I want you to lean into it as I declare it over us today, okay? The Lord's saying, my son, my daughter, just close your eyes for a minute. Even, even, you don't have to do anything else, but just close your eyes for a minute. My son, my daughter, never forget the things that I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with me and people. And you will earn a good reputation. 
Trust me with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. I'm calling you to seek my will in all you do. And I promise I will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear me and turn away from evil, a lifestyle of repentance. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Honor me with your wealth and with the best part of everything you are capable of producing. Then I will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. My beloved son, my beloved daughter, do not reject my discipline and do not be upset when I correct you. For I, the Lord, correct those whom I love. Just as a good father corrects a child in whom he delights. Now I want to declare over us that if you find yourself giving the Lord a yes to this, then I declare this over you. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding, for wisdom is more profitable than silver, and her wages are better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire compares with her. She offers you a long life in her right hand, and riches and honor in her left. She will guide you down delightful paths, and all her ways are satisfied. Satisfying. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are those who hold her tightly. By wisdom, the Lord founded the earth. By understanding, he created the heavens. By his knowledge, the deep fountains of the earth burst forth and the dew settles beneath the night sky. My child, do not lose sight of common sense and discernment. Hang on to them for they will refresh your soul. They are like jewels on a necklace. They keep you safe on your way and your feet will not stumble. You can go to bed without fear and you will lie down and sleep soundly. You need not be afraid of sudden disaster or the destruction that comes upon the wicked. For the Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help them. If you can help your neighbor now, don't say, come back tomorrow and then I'll help you. Do not plot harm against your neighbor. For those who live nearby, trust you. Do not pick a fight without reason when no one has done harm to you. Do not envy violently people people or cop do not envy violent people or copy their ways such wicked people are detestable to the lord but he offers his friendship to the godly god said earlier be careful what you say right now the Lord curses the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the upright. The Lord mocks the mockers, but is gracious to the humble and the wise inherit honor, but fools are put to shame. And our responsibility today is this, to understand that our cooperation is not against flesh and blood. It's up to God to deal with the wicked. It's up to us to reflect what he's saying here. And may by the power of the spirit of God, if you agreed with what was just said, then I want you to receive this. May the anointing of God come on you. May the presence of God overwhelm you today. May you be sober-minded and alert. May you be visited by the Holy Spirit. May the glory of God indwell you in your home. May you have wisdom rest 
resting on top of your head. Every bit of fear and discouragement that you have come against, may it be broken and loosed in the name of Jesus. May you go from sitting on the sideline to the front of the line and may you have influence as you partner with God and give him your yes. For if there's any moment when you leave today that you doubt this thing, then by God's grace, may you ask him to show you who he is to you, to show you how he desires to partner with you, to think that anything we've talked about we can do on our own is asinine. But that is where the invitation lies because God's like, I want to talk to you. I want to show you what I want to do through you. I want your yes, and I'm going to visit you. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to pray about it. Just begin to ask me and have the faith that when I talk to you, I will empower you. I will equip you for what I am going to speak. And may it be so in the name of Jesus. If you can agree with it, say amen. All right, you guys be blessed. Have a great day. God bless you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help more people hear this message, you can get the word out by subscribing and sharing it on social media. If you'd like to support the ministries of Heartland Church, you can do so at heartlandchurchonline.com give.